Good evening. Right. Last week, Shem, we discussed the concept of money which a woman had left, a wife had left in a savoir to go to an English role rather, to go to a specific charity. And the husband, the spider was being asked, if a husband happened to be Mikhaev, the same amount, the same amount of money, had pledged the same amount of money to the same stocker, since Alpid and Torah, a woman doesn't have a right to be Moirish through any tzavah, halachic or legal, without her husband's rishus, to anyone other than her husband. So therefore, that tzavah, Pashtus, has no validity. And in such a case, the Shaila was really that money belongs to the husband. So can the husband say that when the executor gifts that money over to the name charity, can the husband say that he's been Mekhaim, his chiyot to that charity with that money? Because really that money is his. And we went through the Chiddush of Moshe, which Rabbi uh, does not agree with, and many others don't agree with. I, I, so it just reminded me that there's a, a Shaila, uh, similar Shaila kind of in reverse, which many years ago maybe we touched on in passing, um, but didn't really, really deal with it so much because it wasn't really what we were what we were with at the time. It's not really what we're busy with so much at the time now, but it, it's similar very closely related to what we're busy with. So the Shaila is as follows. There's a Shaila going back in a number of years where a wife left a, um, sorry, a husband had money in a bank account. Now this bank account was a bank account that was only his. It was his personal bank account. It wasn't a bank account that his wife was a co-signatory on. Only he was the bank, the, the, the person named on the bank account. When he was Nifta, the bank followed the law, and the law was in that particular country that the wife is the next of kin, and therefore the the bank gave that money to the wife. And now the shaila which was being asked back then is: Is the wife allowed to keep this money in view of the fact that the bank have now given it to her? She's done nothing to get hold of it. She's got nothing to obtain it, but the bank has sought her out and sent her the money. Or on the other hand, the Yerushim would say that but it's, um, Yerushim and Atayra, there was no Savor here at all, there was no will here at all, and therefore they're the Yerushim. 100% Almon is entitled to be supported from the estate. Let's say that was already taken care of. So the Yerushim will say, this money belongs to us. So, before we get to see the Shaila inside and the relevant Shuvah, what, what would the Ulam say that Allah is in such a case? Well, what sort of bank account was it? Was it a joint? No, no, no. So I said in Abdomen. Not the joint bank account. A joint bank account would be a much simpler shine. So it was it's the husband's account and the bank just applied English law to it. Correct. And the husband hadn't written an English will. Hadn't written any will. But it was in a country where the next of kin is deemed the wife. In some countries, it goes half to the wife and half to the children. In some countries, it goes all to the wife. Different laws in different countries. So, so, ha, 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 sorry. No, so it was a chayv, really. Yeah. That the right. bank owes the husband, and now mm-hmm. they they gave that money to the wife. Correct. So the, the yeah the the bowel has lent it to the bank. Yeah. So it's is whose property is it at the time he? It's Roy. It's the husband's. Right, yeah. it, it's like Roy, but it doesn't make any difference. We're not to make you wish. Yeah. Correct. We're not to my Yerushas Bechar, and we're not to my Yerushas Habal. Yeah. 
So, but there's no, I mean, Rav Padwa's English rule wouldn't apply here. It's, the, the bank is doing something completely connected any sort of halacha. So it's you. And therefore you're saying that partial <clears throat> should go to the Yerush. It's, it's, I mean, I'm finding it hard to see why I shouldn't, yeah. Right. That's because you've been in a Cheshire Mishra for 15 years, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So if that's the right answer, I'm pleased, right. <laughs> I didn't say it's the right answer. I said that's why you're finding it hard. We're yeah. still allowed to publish the right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a truma which you're going to see where Shlema Heinemann wrote a truma to Chaim Moisey and he, he, he came about this from a very intriguing angle. And this is as follows. He's really got two tainas. The first one, which is the one which is uh, to us. And maybe if one takes this further, could possibly apply it elsewhere. And we need to see if this is Lekuliyama or not Lekuliyama. The first one is as follows. If we break down what's happening, as pointed out, when the husband had money in the bank account, as we all know, we've discussed many times before, money in the bank doesn't actually mean your money is in the bank. It means you've lent money to the bank and the bank lends out that money. So as already uh, quantified, we're talking about a khayf. So the husband was owed money. What happened next is he was nifter. So the bank decided that they're going to follow English law, which is not altogether a shocking thing for a non-Jewish bank to do. They're going to follow English law. And they are going to um, transfer the funds to the wife. Now, we're saying that al-piyalocha, that's actually a toss. It's a mistake. Really, the person's entitled to receive the funds are the Yoshim, the sons. There are no sons, and a daughter, etc. So, so, uh, sorry? When the bar lends it to the bank, he knows that um, in the event that he uh, he's no longer around, it's going to go to his wife, uh, because he knows okay. that the bank is going to do in, in English law what they should have done, so he, he should know that that's the case and therefore we assume is it like a, um, uh, we, we assume that it's the uh, um, it, it's his request <coughs> what they should do Very good, that's going to be the second point which Shreem Heinemann says but before we get to that that's, that is more tech, uh, uh, Let's call it less lomdish than his first point. But no, again, nothing wrong with it. It's a good hour, and he's, let's start his second point. We'll get there. In his first point, he says, but it's true. a different angle. The truth is, if the wife, uh, if the bank does something and mistake to someone else, that person is he to go and give the victim back. Let's say the bank makes a. The, the, the money to the, uh, Alex, we're having trouble with your internet this. again. Oh. Alex, we're having trouble with your internet again. Yeah, yeah Alex, Alex, maybe switch off your video. Maybe switch off the video. The audio might come too better. Right. Is it better now? Yes. Oh. So, so uh-huh. far. Mm, right. Not sure. If banks make some, uh, let's say, gives the money by error to some and they both were two hidden and uh, one says to the other one know that the bank gave me instead of giving it to me 
So give it back to me. When both of them are agreeing that it was a mistake. Me going to fight, give it to me. Izimuch, he can say, look, I know that it was your money, the bank, and you lost. But I'm not, not going go to the bank, going to the bank. I'm not giving okay. it back to you. Okay, so Reb R- R- says that and one step further. So anyone who didn't hear that clearly, uh, um, Alex is saying that, that in a case where um, the bank makes a mistake, or anyone for that matter makes a mistake, and, and sends something to the wrong address, and the Yid, who's the right address, goes to the Yid, who's the wrong address, and says, sorry, what you were sent is meant to come to me, can I have it please? Then then he should be entitled, is he necessary to hand that over? Now let's pause there on that Shaila before we get to the added twist that Shlomo adds. And let me ask you a question, Azoi. If Amazon would send a parcel and they mean to send it to me and they send it to you and you've got this parcel now, right? Now let's not get involved in whether Amazon send me a second parcel because in that case, the first one, maybe you would somehow have the halacha of Torah Sakum, which is Avida Sakum, which might be Hefka. But, but here... Let's say, let's say that now I'm not going to get my one. It's not from Amazon. It's from one which doesn't have quite the same customer service. They've sent it off. They're not interested in any tutsum and they're not sending me another one. And I go knocking on your door and I say, can I please have the new phone that was just sent to your house? And you say, listen, it was sent to my house. It wasn't sent to your house. So that's Lacharava. What would you say? Presumably, can you, can you, it's not Hashanah Sevedov. It's not lost, is it? It's been delivered specifically to a different place. Okay, so, so if you remember, on your point, on your point, Michael, we, uh, a number of years ago, we, we touched on this point, the Gemara in Elim brings a Gemara that's out of the norm from the parameters of what one might think is Ashavah Salveda. As you said, Ashavah Salveda, by definition, one would think, is returning a lost item. If the item isn't lost, then, then where's Ashavah Salveda? However, the Gemara brings down a person who's standing by a field of his friend, and he sees the river bank has overflown, and all of a sudden the water is hurtling downhill, and if he doesn't intervene, it's going to flood his friend's field. He's got a mitzvah of Salas Maman Chaveri to prevent his person's uh, um, items, his person's estate from getting damaged, which is, again is based on the same concept and the same ethos of Shavu Saveda, which is making sure a person doesn't have a loss. So here's well, you are making sure a person doesn't have a loss. So one could argue, in that case of the Amazon, um, one could say even more than that. Possibly in the case of the Amazon, there might have been a Kenyan of sorts, right? If a person paid money, um, one could argue, or let's say he paid on a credit card, one could debate whether that's called the Kenyan Situmta that would make it his, um, one could debate. And therefore, maybe even that phone in a certain Gedorim, he's got a certain Kenyanim on it, it might certainly be his, and therefore it would be proper Shavas Um Even if it isn't his, is there any at Solus Maman Chavera involved here or not? That's that's possibly part of the Shaila. But here, Shleimah Heinemann takes it one step further. Because here we're talking about Achayv. Uh, and when we're speaking about Achayv, well, we'll see in a second uh, the Chaim um, Moses' response, really. Uh, but but Shleimah's point is, if if the sons would have gone to the bank and they would have said, um, excuse me, you made a mistake, maybe you're not you're not with Hilchus Yerusha, but according to the Torah, we are the Yerushim, not our mother, and please can you give us the funds? The bank would tell them, have a good day. So it's not just a case of mistaken identity, where the bank has sent the funds to the wrong address, like, for example, 
Amazon Marshall. Here they know exactly who they're sending it to. They might even know in theory exactly who you are, the Yoshim, and it won't make the slightest difference. They will not give you the money. They cannot give you the money. They can only give it to the person who's the legal inheritor of the estate, who's the mother. So the mother can turn around and say, listen here, the money that I was given in error, as you said, Alex, what's that got to do with you? What's got to do with you? I didn't take your money. I didn't come to you and take your money. They gave me money. They want to give me money. That's my good luck. And besides which, they would never have given it to you. So it's got nothing to do with you. So therefore, that's his first time. His second time is that the point which was made before, that in the end of the day, Jeremy made, that in the end of the day, when somebody comes and puts money into a bank account, and the bank account has small prints, and included in the small print is Kassasholim in the eventuality of Petira, then they would give the, the estate to the next of kin, whoever the next of kin is legally. And probably in the small print, it also says that this is to be tried according to that any dispute is according to English law or whatever. So therefore, in such a case, I'll ask Kenya depositing it there that it should get given to the Yerush. That, in a nutshell, is, is what Shlomo wants to say. I'm going to share a screen with you now. We can see it inside. Can I just would add you, to the... Oh, sorry. Well, one oh, twist yeah. on that. If, if, the husband, if the husband and wife have a joint account, the bank don't even transfer it to the wife. It just stays where it is. Right. So that's even easier. That's Stamazoya Shaila, which we touched on before a number of times. When a husband and wife have a joint account, whose is the money? Whose is the money? Now, where this Shaila comes up the most is when a couple get divorced. Because then all of a sudden they might have money in the joint account. And now all of a sudden... The, um, the, 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 the husband might turn around and say, yeah, it was in a joint account, but really it all belongs to me. Um, or the wife might say that, or vice versa. Now, sometimes in joint accounts, there's two different types of accounts. I think we've discussed this as well. There's a savings account and a current account. So it's entirely plausible for a husband to say, I put money into a current account, and my wife is a co-signee on that account, possibly because she does the shopping for the house, and it makes sense that she's a signatory on the, house, on, on the account. Sorry, I'm showing my age here by using terms like signatory on, 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 on a bank account. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, she's got her, her chip and pen or touch, whatever it is. And, and it makes sense. Obviously, she has to have a card in order that she can then spend the money. Right. In, in a similar way, for example, if a person's got kids in yeshiva or sem, uh, there might be an account that they put money in for when they need it. And the kids have a card that they use it. That doesn't necessarily mean it might mean it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the parents intent that all the money in the account belongs to children. It might just be that it's convenient to give them access to an account where they can spend money on it. However, if it's a savings account and the husband and wife are both on the savings account, then then from day go, it was understood minastam that it belongs to both of them equally. Because otherwise, why are they both on, on a joint savings account? So there, the default position, already mechaim, correct? Already mechaim, the default position will be that it belongs to both of them. Right? Although, although as we learned in the last few weeks, the husband has access to the wife's assets, so... I want to be very clear here because I heard the other day, uh, not in Shir, not in Shir, outside the, uh, Shir, um, somebody made a toss. And, and, and I think actually on this one, you don't normally hear this shrach for me. I think on this one, the more yeshivish one is, the more liable one is to make this mistake. Um, and, 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 and that is that, that somebody told that, yeah, everything my wife owns belongs to me because my shakonsa is shakonsa bal. Right? No, not correct. Uh, um, as we've discussed before, the capital belongs to the wife. If a wife brings in capital or Yarshin's capital, the capital belongs to the wife. 
The husband's entitled to the income from that capital. He does not own the capital. Not to be confused with Maisil Daim, where the wife earns wages, and there the husband owns the wages. Again, and then one can differentiate if he allows him to put her to put them in her account or his dasis, etc., etc. But but not everything a wife owns is owned by the husband. Right? Um, yeah, so can I ask you something? Would the wife be mechuyev, let's say just prior to his death, would a wife be mechuyev to tell the Yoshim, listen, you should know that if nothing gets done and uh, your father dies and the money is still in his account, it's going to go to me and you're going to lose it. The same as if you stand next to the field. And so if let's so, go one step further. Let's go one step further. Moshe Heinemann has a Shaila one step later than yours. No, sorry, not, 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 sorry, not Moshe Heinemann. Um, the Chaim Moise. Chaim Moise in his Tshuva, which I hope you're going to see in a minute inside. Chaim Moise in his Tshuva differentiates between whether the funds have already been transferred to the mother or not. So what does he say? He says, if the Yoshim go up to the mother and say, listen here, mum, the money is in our father's bank account. We can't get that money because we're not the legal Yoshim. You are the legal Yosh. So can you please go and get that money for us? Because really that money belongs to us. That Chayv. We've Yarshim that Chayv. So can you then go and get it for us? Then possibly one can say there's a Mitzvah Shavu Saveza. Because it's a Chayv which Taka belongs to them. They've Yarshim it. It's in Torah they've Yarshim it. Again, this would only go with the first point of Shlomo Heinemann. If we go with the second point of Shleim Ha'inman, that when he put it into an account, knowing that Achamev estimate should go to his wife, then you could say, no, there's no Chiyosh HaVetah at all. I'll ask, can he put it in the account? Right? Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't quite get that I'll ask, because the Maisa, I mean... You, You're you going to ex- tell me the most people who put money in the bank account. I'm not speak, thinking about Petira. No, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say... Yeah, if, 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 yeah, it is, but I was thinking, if, if I don't write a will at all, I leave no will, nobody's saying, therefore, English law should have, halachically should apply to all my estate, because Aldas Kane, I didn't write the English law, that's what I had in mind, because I don't have the power to, to decide what happens to my assets after my death. So you, ask, you, ask, you tell me, what's the chilek between your case and this case? Okay, uh, the, the chilek there is I didn't do anything, I did nothing. Here I did something, I put it in the bank. I think that's more the than difference. That, more than that. Here you've given it to a guy. I understand, but even so, it doesn't mean I have the right to overwrite the dinner Yerusha. Like, but I, I mean, how am I, I? I know that that's what he's going to do, but why should that override dinner Yerusha? So the answer could be, the answer could be that maybe here, and this is why when you said what you said before, I was a little bit cagey. Maybe over here you could apply your pattern. You could. If you put money, maybe here you could. If you put money into an account, now just to be clear, it's like a trustee. holds like the padra. Uh, this uh, this true is blamed on the padra, but Nachiezer is, is one of the, the machabim of, of this halach. But 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 if you put money into an account, knowing that legally, achamev um, it will be given, then it's almost like you're giving with instructions. If I use this money in my lifetime, then I use the money in my lifetime. If this money is still holding by you, sitting at you in your hands. And then please give it to my next of kin. Because that is effectively the T's and C's that you're signing on. Mm. So the bank, the bank becomes like the trustee of, of the will almost. Correct. Correct. 
And in fact, by the way, yeah. actually, some of those who argue with your Padma might not argue over here. Why? Because some of those who argue with your Padma, as we've mentioned many times before, say that it's not true. An executor on a will doesn't yeah. become an executor. And you need a, a requirement for Mitzvah Kamdi Vames is that you be mashlish biyad hashlish. And by will, you haven't been mashlish biyad hashlish. He may become an executor. Over here, you've mamashed me mashish biyatshish, pshutik mashmai. You've lent them the money and told them, I'm going pay it back to my children. Or to, sorry, to my wife. So it's mamash mashish. Yeah. But then you come on to the other point. That if it's a young man of 25 and it was a one-year savings account and never he was killed in a car crash, uh, then it's very debatable as to whether any of that intention was there. So so again, I, I, I agree with you. And where, where did we have such a similar shyness, remember? Uh, another scenario very similar has come up many times. I asked you the legal position at the time and everyone looked at me clueless the first time I asked it. I'm not sure which one you're referring to. <laughs> How many were there? <laughs> I'm referring to a house in joint tenancy or tenancy in common. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Right? A house in joint tenancy where each in their lifetime one could say owns 50% each, but if one is nifter, the 100% transfers to the other one. And it's got nothing to do with will, and it's got nothing to do with probate. It's automatic mechaim. It was held in such a way where each one, let's say, owns 100%. So we said, there as well, the same thing. If, when you signed it, you put it into joint tenancy, let's assume that the lawyers did their job and explained it to you. But at the time, you know, whatever, whatever went, whatever the lawyer said makes sense, and what's the difference, not the difference, how many people actually had positive das? Ah, making a kinyan here, that achamev esrim, Whatever, whatever. We've asked that Kasha there as well. Similar, similar point. And, and, and I think at the time I've said, probably another, another time since, one of the biggest rises, if you ask most people whether they own their home, home in joint tenancy or tenancy in common, most people haven't got a clue. Uh, so, so, you know, how much task was there at the time? Right. But uh, a house, could, a house one... could be, could be slightly better in that it's something you intend holding for the long term. And so you know that you know, in 30, 50, whatever years. But again, if you up. never thought much about it, yeah. if you never thought much about it, come on, say, that's what happens. Now, there are those who would want to argue and say, it doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, you sign terms and conditions, right? You sign terms and conditions which structures it in such a way. So come back to your marshal, right? If a person putting into a one-year savings account, but he signs a long list of terms and conditions, and in the terms and conditions is, in the highly unlikely case, that this person's nifted in the next 12 months, who gets it is next of kin. So if that's there, then you, that's what you signed on. And maybe even one could go one step further, according to this mahalach, according to these poiskim. Even if it doesn't spell out, what happens. But it says that the terms of this is to be tried to call, judged according to English law. And English law says who the Yorish is. Then that's not the same as your case before, when a person dies intestate, uh, when legally entitled to go to the ocean, so to the, the wife, Malachli goes to the ocean, because there, it's a shayla of what happens automatically. The law will say it goes to the wife, the halach will say it goes to the ocean, and we give it to the ocean. Here there's a third party involved, more than a third party. There's a third party who you have a contract with. And in the contract, it stipulates what's meant to happen, or at least it stipulates that you're following English law. Now, just to be clear, we've also discussed on many occasions, and it's worth reminding, if two people have entered into a business agreement, let's say builders, let's say partners, let's say professionals, 
And in the, in the agreement, it says, normally at the end of every one of these contracts, there'll be two clauses. One will be that this is to be uh, um, tried according to English law, uh, the law of the courts of England. And the other will be that the courts of England have the sole jurisdiction. Right? That last clause is a problem. It's a problem of our course. But the first clause is not a problem. Two Yitin can enter into agreement whereby they have a, a, a clause that it's must must it's like we drew up a list of all the tenoim that the law would say. For example, let's say they say that you have grammar. Let's say they say uh, um, one aid is enough. Whatever it is that they say that differs from Allah. And both parties sign on the dotted line that that's what they want. So I'll ask him, they've entered into agreement. Now let me ask you a question. If somebody would sign between two parties, now we want this to be tried according to English law. But they might say they weren't such mumchim in the law. And there was a law which they didn't think about or didn't know. I'm not talking about mamisha, a kroch in a law that nobody's ever heard of before. A standard law, they just weren't okay with it. Could they turn around afterwards and say that we know he signed, should we try to according to English law, but we had no idea that English law holds that there's such a thing as taught. Or whatever. Could they do that, Bechlau? Could they then try to invalidate the application of that clause in the Shtar because they weren't aware the full extent of what they were signing on? I don't think so. You signed. There's a set of laws. You can find out what the laws are. Maybe your lawyer should explain it to you. But you signed up according to those terms and conditions. Right? There would be no different, Lamarshal, just, just to use one that's Nagia to me, we know different than if two parties came to it in Torah and they signed giving a mandate to the Bezin for Pshara, right? And then Bezin passed in Pshara and the Nitzvah who ends up having to pay what he might not have had to pay had it been Din, turns around and says, well, I didn't understand the full parameters that Pshara actually mean, whatever, whatever, which by the way, not always does Pshara allow you to completely ignore the Din. It depends on circumstances. But whatever, if they say it's such a thing, then you say to listen here, you've signed that you're Machayev to accept on yourself a ruling based on Pshar. Wherever Pshar is, Korvudin, wherever it might be. So you can't turn on afterwards and say, ah, I didn't think this would happen, I didn't realize the full extent, I didn't extend. Unless you're dealing with the case of Asmachta. If you're dealing with the case of Asmachta, that's really something else. If you're not dealing with the case of Asmachta, and there's many persons who hold that when you're dealing, signing a legally binding contract, then you can't use the problem of Asmachta. That's Stamma Big Machavikas. End of the day, the law will, will enforce it, and you're signing up for that, and you know it's enforceable in law. So, so that itself is a separate, a separate question. So, so ba- yeah. basically, w- what we're saying is to go back to the Ashavas Abed a bit, is if I see my friend is losing a pair of tefillin in the street, and a guy picks it up and and brings it to me, I know I just saw it. I just saw him losing it. The guy picks it up and says, "Hey, this is a Jewish thing." Um, here it is. He's giving it to me. I'm no. now Os Chiyav of Ashavas no. Abed. Why? But the guy picked it up. And he, and, yeah. and once he picked it up, it's his. Now he's giving it to me because I'm a Yid. I don't, it's, it's no longer, why do you have to give it back? It's the same as the bank. No, can anyone else answer? Well, the guy hasn't made a kidney, has he? Therefore, he has. You're the first, you're the first Jewish person to, why, why has the guy not made Kenyan? Of course, if the guy picks it up, it's his. He now is thinking he doesn't need a pair of children, it's a Jewish thing, he's coming to give it to me. He says yeah, that, well, you know, I it's a Jewish said, thing. I thought we said the guy can't make a Kenyan. That's the whole point about when you have to trust and so on. Goyim can't make a Kenyan for you. 
The guy come. No, he makes a kin for himself. The guy. What was that? The there's, no, there's been no years. It's, it's yeah, his. Was that years? There's been no years. Yeah. Sorry. There's been no years. Okay, never mind if there was a huge. No, that's a different matter. Alex, Alex, you can't say never mind. That's the crucial nafkimina. The nafkimina is like this. If you put money into an account and enter terms and conditions with the other party, and in the terms and conditions you are empowering them to do X, then that's what you signed up for. You, the owner, have committed to those terms and conditions. If you lose Twilin, Pastor Shalom, you haven't committed to any terms and conditions. You haven't agreed to any terms and conditions. So if a guy now finds them and he hasn't been claiming them because he's got no interest in twilling, it's not a 50 pound note, it's a pair of twilling, and he finds another Jew and he says, here, you know, I'll take these twilling, right? Then, then, then what, what do you want? This is no, no, I wasn't, I wasn't going now with a term and condition. That's the second part. The term and condition, that's got nothing to do with it. I agree with that. I'm going on the first point. The first point being that because the guy gave it to me, I no longer have a din of Ashavas Aveda. Because it's now the guy who gave it to me, even though I know that it came from a person that I might have had a khiyab to tell no, him, listen, oh, this so is what's going to happen. So, so, so again, so to come on to that, to come yeah. on to that one, there when the guy gives it to you, they're asking if you know what you want to do with it or how to give it back to the owner or whatever you, whatever you want to do. Here, the bank, I know this is not, this is not the same as the other point. The bank legally will only give it to the wife, right? So if the bank give it give it to the wife without the wife asking for it, the halal, right? If the sons, and this is the point which Shemchai Moser brings out, which I was just saying before, and I think maybe I went slightly off for a minute. If the, the Yoshin come to the mother and say, can you please go and get for us the uh, um, the money from the bank, from, from, from daddy's chayv, then, then Ken Zayin, according to the first problem, there's a mitzvah of Shavu But if the bank come to the wife and say, you're the next king, legally this money belongs to you, we're giving it to you, they cannot and will not give it to anyone else. So they're carrying out their legal obligation. I'm not saying the point that you signed up for it. Irrelevant to that. They are a bank tied by according to the law. They will only follow the law. They won't follow anything that says in Shulchan because it's none of their business. They're not interested. So they're coming to our mother and saying, we discharge our legal obligation by giving this to you. This belongs to you. Have a good day. So in that case, says, says, uh, Heinemann and, 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 and agrees in that scenario, in that case, it's not the same as a person who picks up to and doesn't know what to do with it, so he gives it to Yid and says, that's Lacharabu. You know, do the what you want, what you think is correct. It's them saying, we have an obligation to give this money to this legal guardian, its legal owner. Who is its legal owner? The mother. So we're giving it to the mother and we've discharged our obligation. Now we are saying in Allah, they're wrong. But they don't care. So therefore in that case, they've given it to you. The fact that, that, that now you won't get it back in, in Allah, is irrelevant. And that's that's the point being put forward by Shlomo Heinemann, and, and, and Achiezer would seem to agree on that side. Achiezer is dialing back a little bit and saying, when they gave it to the mother, but if the Yerushim get in first, even after the Petira, not like you were suggesting before the Petira, after the Petira, the Yerushim go to the mother and say, can you go and get it? Then maybe this is an Ashavah Salveda, and I'm saying, according to Shlema, that will only be according to the first reason, but not according to the second reason. Because according to the second reason, the Adas came, the husband put it into the bank, with full knowledge and intention, whether full knowledge or he signs up for that. Now, if he's Nifta, it goes to his wife. So that's what he's signing up for. Now, if you wanted to argue on the second point, we've had a, a, a few reasons to argue till now, did the husband mean it, did he not mean it? There's another side which nobody's mentioned. 
which is maybe that what the husband thought would happen is that the bank would give it to his wife, and his wife will give it to the Yoshim. His wife, will, if he if he hasn't written a tzavah, if he's written a tzavah by then, that goes to her, then it tach is meant to go to her. And if he's written tzavah, it should go to whoever he writes it should go to. Then he relies on his wife to do the right thing. So, it, it, the, is it mamish black and white? There's like a speck speaker here, almost. Sophic number one, did the husband even think about that sad? That if he's nifta and it's pumped money in the bank, then it's going to go to whoever. Right? Kasha. Bear in mind as well, this is different than regular mitzvah kind of ames. Regular mitzvah kind of ames, at the time when you give it over, you give instruction. Here, he's subsequently and continuously putting money in, taking money out, putting money in, taking money out of the account. So each time he puts money into the account, what are we saying? Does he need to have das then? Because he certainly doesn't. Or is it sufficient? He's putting money into a vehicle which has already been predetermined that whatever's left in there, will go to his wife if she's alive. So, so that's another angle. It's not just what money, you know, das did he have at the time. Or do you say, no, that's like a standing order. I've given you instructions. And now when I put it in there, then, 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 I'll ask him that, 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 that was like a, like a Torah Nadorim you say at the beginning, any Nadorim I make in a year, this is my Kavana. So here you're yeah, She's a Muchzik. She's, she's a Muchzik, and it doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many fake fakers you have, she could say, I'm going with all the fakers, I'm a Muchzik. Yeah. You'll be Moitzim Chava, you tell me not like that. Alex, tell me the answer to that point. On a pragmatic level. She's the Muslim in that money. What's stopping the Yosh from turning around and say, right, there you go, you've got all the money you need from Azanus. We're not giving you any other money till that money's used up. So they're Muslim on other money. Yeah, it, it could be, but uh, it, could, it could be that this estate is a uh, hundred times more than the Mazonas they're going to give. It could be, but, but, but most people, uh, don't keep huge, huge amounts of money, cash in a bank account. Maybe some do, maybe some don't, whatever. But, but, um, Mazonas can be a considerable amount of money, depending how old Almona is at the time. But again, why are they discharging their obligation for Mazonas through the bank making this decision? Because if you hold, what Alex is saying is, even if this money, uh, there's, there's shitters that hold this money belongs to the ocean, notwithstanding the fact that the bank is given it over. Not like Shlomo and Achiezer. So Alex is saying it doesn't really matter if they're shitters that say that. Because at the end of the day, here we've got Shlomo and Chaimoyzer who say that it belongs to her. And she's muhsuk, so I get in talk. And what I'm saying is that will only help her on what she's muhsuk on. But if she, she wants other money from the ocean, the ocean turn out and say, well, you've got money which we hold according to these places and belongs yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do a playoff. Or set up on. No, no, but I wasn't going about the Kimberley, about the shitters. I was saying about, you said that maybe everybody would be moided and when a husband puts in a bank account, um, these are the terms and condition and it is an, a num dinner. The only thing is, you say, maybe he thought something else. Maybe the husband... Th- so so that would be according to everyone. I'm saying a few points. I'm saying, first of all, maybe he had no das whatsoever. He's just putting money in a bank account. Let's pick Yossi's extreme example. It's meant to be there only for a year. So he doesn't think he's going to die during that year. He's got no das at all about that clause. He might not have even read that clause. Of which those who argue could say it doesn't matter. That's what he signed up for. Right? Furthermore, then you could say 
even if that was his das at the time, but every time he subsequently puts money into that account, he, 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 he's not stopping to think about it. To which you could say it doesn't matter because you're putting it into an account where these are the terms and conditions. So you don't have to think about it each time you put it in. That's, that's the, the vehicle that you put it in, which has those terms and conditions. So that's what will happen automatically. Right? And then I said another Nakuta is he might think in his mind that even though Achamev asked him if there's any money in that account still, the bank will give it to his wife, but he's relying on his wife to do the right thing, whatever the right thing is on that time. If he's written in Tzavod, it goes to her, Tzaki goes to her. If he's written in Tzavod, it goes to sons and daughters, it goes to them. If he's written no Tzavod at all, then she's entitled to be supported from the Zonas. But for Edson, her sons, his sons are the Yoshim. You know? And as far as Mazonas is concerned, if she would go and get remarried, and from when she gets remarried, she's not entitled to any Mazonas. So that's where this Nafkimin of the money in the bank could make a big Nafkimin Right? And it's not just if the bank account is a huge amount. Alakhir Mazonas can stop. Either she takes a ksuba, which she'd be mad to do, or if she gets remarried, then it will stop. So in, in, in a natural, those are some of the other angles which you have to see. But, but, but in, in, in summary, what we're seeing here is, is different nakutas to think about in a reverse scenario from last week's shit. Last week we were talking about where a woman has money in her bank account and she leaves a, a will. And the law applies that it goes to the stocker because she left the will. Can we ignore the law and take on halacha, etc.? And there, Moshe has a specific uh, angle because of chosim she'en abal yozin bohem, and that was a different nukuda. And this week, we're saying the other way around. Even though we've always banged on about the halacha being that in Yerusha, we don't follow the dinah machus dinah, we follow the, the halacha. So Chubas Araj, for the Rajah says, if we're going to turn around, turn around and apply then we might as well not go to Chesh Mishosh here for 15 years, because then the day, just apply the law and have a good day. Which, which again, terribly Shema as well, but, but, but I wouldn't be fulfilling my mandate. So, so, so here, there's Yerusha, we apply Yerusha, but in this particular case, it's more complicated, because here you're giving it over to a Goy, and the Goy is following the law, and the Shail is, and you also knew that he's going to follow the law, or should have known he's going to follow the law. So do we start, therefore, applying that as well? And on top of that here, they've got an added reason, as you said at the beginning, that since the mice of the bank are only going to give it to her, they're not going to give it to anyone else. So that's her school. She, she, she's like a matona, so to speak. And, and as far as the fact that they don't get that money, because that's the way the cookie crumbles. Or do we turn around and say, no, there's a mitzvah of Shabbos Aveda, and Be'etzem, she's got a khir to give it back to them, because they really are the bailing on the khayv. Mitzvah, we continue next week.